You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Kent Grandpierre. Today's episode is with Tor Miller. He's one of those guys who was always meant to be an artist. The difficulty of that is figuring out the best way to make that happen. I mean, that's a question not just every artist wrestles with, but also every person. Tor's latest project, Surviving the Suburbs, sees how this artist from New Jersey decided to explore just that, the confusion and the uncertainty of figuring out the right path. Throughout the album, he shows his vulnerable side and shows why he's much stronger for it. And on this episode, we talk about how that came to be, how this album came to be, and why this time around he had to approach music from a very different point of view, his own direct point of view. This is the 405 Exchange with Tor Miller. So the best place to start is always when a previous project reaches its natural conclusion. So where were you at the end of touring for American English? I ended up just sort of back in my folks' place. I had given up my apartment in the city, and uh, I kind of just really had no clue what my next move was. So I was sort of stuck back in my hometown, and uh, I was kind of like, fuck. I really don't know like where musically I should be going or just in my life what I should be doing, you know. And um, then I, I just kind of like I met up with an old producer of mine who I knew when I was like 14 and we started talking about making this record. And that's something I've been really looking forward to talking to you about this record because weirdly enough, I feel like so much of what you were talking about on the album, the themes and what you were going through, they're things that are so relatable but you rarely actually hear people talk about them with such honesty, which the way you did on the record. Yeah. Did you find yourself surprised that you were writing about things that you were going through in like real time? Well, I figured like I had set out a goal for myself which was to... I wanted to write lyrics that I felt embarrassed to walk on stage to. That was sort of a goal I was setting for myself. And because they were so real and so personal, um, I just felt like that was on cue, you know, with what I wanted and what I had set out for myself. So, yeah, it's tough. You know, it's tough to go up there and talk about, you know, how you feel like you're not falling short of your potential or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really interesting to it is that with American English, you were being personal on that album, but it also, when I think back to it, it does feel like you're also, like there was like a bravado, there was like this confidence, it's almost like playing it up in some way. And I feel like with Surviving the Suburbs, there's a bit of like a somber sense of revealing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Were you conscious of that when you were writing the songs? Definitely. I felt like, especially in the arrangements too, I wanted to kind of strip things back a bit and not have it be so grandiose, you know, and... Uh, I felt as if there was maybe some posturing on my part with American English and it being a very ambitious in a lot of ways yeah. and sort of beyond who I was at the time, you know? Yeah. And I just wanted to do something that felt as honest as possible. Yeah. But I should say as well for people so they don't get it the wrong way, with American English, there was nothing that felt inauthentic about it because what's weird about getting in the music industry, especially as a new act, it's like you're giving all these tools and you feel like you have to just like embellish yourself as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, it's yeah. a head fuck, isn't it? It is, yeah, the whole thing is. It's the whole thing is at every turn. turn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, hats off to you because the thing with surviving the suburbs to me is just like, you really outdid yourself, man. Oh, thanks. Like, it's a beautiful record. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, like, it's great to go just into the title track because, I mean, talk about a track that's so poignant. And, you know, I felt what was so crucial about it is that even though you're talking about very specific things, I mean, I know so many friends who are in situations that you were describing, and I've been there as well. I love the fact that you're depicting all this imagery yet people can insert themselves into it as well. Like, yeah. Well, I think that's that's the best way, really. It's like if you just talk about your personal experience, you're never really quite alone in that. Yeah. So as honest as you can be, the more real it is. So, Can you talk to me a bit about the experience of just writing that track? Because I imagine that's one of those tracks that, as a songwriter, you might find yourself feeling both really invigorated by the fact that you're writing something so honest, but also almost a bit hesitant. We're like, whoa, do I want people to know this much about me? Well, I don't know. I think that was the track that really, that was the first one I had written for the project. And when I when I wrote those lines, especially with the in the pre-chorus with the Adderall and, and the cyclical nature of the whole thing, yeah. I felt like, okay, well, this is what the album is going to be now. Yeah. I'm going to write about how fucking bored I am <laughs> and how lost I feel. Yeah, and how almost it's like, in a lot of ways, it feels like an imprisonment, just like a mental imprisonment. Like, I feel like that was very much brought about in the song. Well, yeah, definitely. And it's very much like you're stuck in the situation, but you're not quite confident enough to get yourself out of it. Yeah. You know, you have the right intentions, but you're not really ready to take those steps. So I think the whole record really is just acknowledging, yeah, there's a problem here. Yeah, and one of my things that I really, I've been loving a lot of how you've been handling social media is like how honest you've been. It feels like the songs are so honest within themselves and they don't leave much questions to be asked within the subject matter, but the way you've been on social media, particularly Instagram, has been almost like extra honesty where you're like, no, well, here so you know for a fact this is what something's about. Is that important for you to make sure that people like have a story to go along with the music? Yeah, I feel so. Like, And I think when I was doing the first record, I just had no grasp of that element to it, yeah. you know, and, and that being a platform for which it can sort of encompass the whole artistic statement that you're making, you know. At, like before, it was just like stupid fucking selfies and random shit, and I wasn't really putting much thought into it. But I wanted to do something that was like, you know, not really mean the yeah. stuff I'm saying. You know, as a music fan, I think a big thing for me is whenever I listen to a record, especially for the first time, I tend to try to find myself thinking what track on here is probably a big uh, creative turning point for the artist. And I feel for you, that was probably friends with you. Mm -hmm. uh, would you say that's fair to say? Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely sounds a lot different than, uh, than anything on American English. And I think pulled from that area that I'm like from, especially in Jersey, it was like during my years growing up, there's just so much sort of like pop punk and, and whatnot playing around. So I think yeah. like unconsciously that like sort of morphed into my music. And um, I just, uh, I was listening, do you know what? Like a, it was like a track to track comparison. I was making even like down to like the times yeah. was uh, Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen as well. Really? So it's like a weird, yeah. It's like, when does the chorus come in? Okay, after like. 45 seconds or whatever I was like trying to like be like yeah. how did he do that not that like I don't want to say it all it's, oh of course it's not a song but or even as good I just mean <laughs> um, that was like the template I had and then just using all local musicians you know who grew up in that scene that just sort of infused itself in there yeah and was that kind of experience like writing with a point of reference in that way was that musically speaking very different for you yeah, definitely. I honestly don't feel like necessarily, though, like obviously everything is inspired and pulled from something else. Like I don't think I so consciously went into and deliberately uh, 
pursued those things, yeah. you know, and, and, and whatnot. And I feel like, um, specifically, what I did with that song is, I, it took a, it was like six months or something, over a six month period that I wrote that song, you know, constantly editing and editing and changing and trying new things, because I was rehearsing with a band, you know, that was like the pre-production, so we would just go in and I would change, and I'd be like, okay, I'll change this part and do that. I was yeah. never doing stuff like that, I was hardly ever editing on um, on uh, American English. Man, kind of like when it was written, it was, it, that was it. Yeah, and tell me this as well, like, I really love the music video, and what I love so much is that it feels very authentic but also has this vivid quality where like you can see yourself within the day that you're having within mm -hmm. it. Can you tell me how that video came about? Because I mean it has such a beautiful cohesion to the project as a whole. Yeah, well I was really conscious of wanting to do something that didn't feel like too music video-y, you yeah. know, and too conceptual and I felt like I had been doing some stuff with my friend Erica Snyder who's a great photographer who's taking some video with me. She's also from Jersey and uh, she would just like kind of film me walking around and doing random things. And then there was just something, and I'd put some music over it, and there just was something that felt pure about it, yeah. you know? And uh, so I, I became obsessed with that sort of no bullshit kind of thing. And I wanted it to feel like that the, the, the viewer was hanging out with me for a day and was a part of the crew, because I feel like, you know, also like in YouTube culture and everything, that's like such a thing where it's, you know, wanting to feel a part of someone's experience or like yeah. be there with them and uh, I just thought that that was something that we should follow yeah but what I thought was cool for what you've achieved there is that even though there's very much like this culture of that there is almost like usually because of like how videos are edited almost like kind of like the filtration they go through and how they look there's still almost that separation but your video very much doesn't have that is that something you felt you were conscious of yeah definitely that? I thought like also the point of view having it be like in the hands coming out being like no I'm this person you know yeah. that's watching you know yeah. that's me I really yeah. love that thanks you know hearing your music with this band that you got has been incredible it's been great to see how you fully have utilized having such a wide array of talent around you I mean you mentioned how there are a lot more local musicians uh and to me, this is highly evident on Stop the World. How fun was it to make this song? Because it feels like this is probably a super fun song to make. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, when I had originally written it, I didn't even consider it as a band song. You know, it was like a kind of a ballad and it was much slower. And then um, it was thanks to our producer, John, who was like urged me to speed it up and make it, you know, that kind of a track and uh, he was absolutely right and yeah. uh, it was it was a blast to do and it only really took I mean we did like 25 rehearsals and we recorded it like a few takes you know yeah. so there was excitement in the room when it was happening you know going off that it just hit me now that like most of the times I've seen you live in the past it's mostly been solo or if you or if one other person yeah How's it been like to have like this band and now that you're going to be playing with them tonight and on this tour, like, how's that been like? Well, it's fun and I think the, the one thing about touring as well is you have all these experiences and when I was touring on my own for so many years, it was, you have all these experiences but no one to talk to them or share them with yeah. or like look back on them with. That's something you felt conscious of. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I'd be like, I, something crazy would happen, I'd be in Oakland, I'd meet all these people and then do something nuts and it's like, well, they're not really my friends, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was fun and it's cool and it's a great thing, but I don't know. You just, like, as a human being, you long for camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. So you want to like make sure those experiences are shared. Yeah, of course. And I just, uh, you know, I grew up playing in a bunch of bands, so it's just fun, you know. Yeah. And like, does it make it? I mean, this is definitely like this is one of those questions that definitely showcase how I'm not a musician, but like as a musician on stage when you're performing. 
what's the difference in feeling when it's like from you being by yourself to a band like I imagine it, obviously it sounds fuller but does it feel particularly fuller when you're on well stage? the energy obviously is so much higher yeah. so you feed off that really yeah but uh it's uh and it's so dependent on the venue too you know because you can have those moments when you play solo where it's just sort of an incredible feeling and you get that same high and excitement yeah but uh yeah it's the crowd and the menu yeah. yeah i mean we're sat here now at mercury lounge i doubt this will be your first time performing all right no i have a bunch a bunch yeah yeah, yeah so some happy cool. memories here definitely yeah, yeah definitely i have nothing bad to say about this place that's really dope yeah. what's been one of your favorite places to perform in general in new york because new york's been like and just because by nature of how proxi- the proximity of it to new jersey it's been like pretty much where you've had so much of your career with. yeah um in new york that's a tough one. There's so many. There was a great venue called Southpaw back in the day. That was good. Oh, yeah. That I really enjoyed. And uh, I, uh, Mercury Lounge is up there for sure. I had some great nights at pianos back in the day. Oh, man. Pianos is dope. Mm-hmm. They've made it sound much better, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. 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 But back then, that was like where I had some of my... Oh, Knitting Factory. I used to like... On the Manhattan Fred, one or the... The Brooklyn one. Brooklyn, yeah. I uh, used to, when I was a teenager go on Craigslist and see if they had last minute uh, opening spots like if a band got stuck in traffic or like couldn't oh. make it or like something happened and that's how we got in oh that's hilarious and then uh, just like one of the promoters liked us so then that we would play there quite a bit and that was uh, yeah. so that has a special place that's really dope what's going to being one of your favorite places in Jersey to perform I'd say obviously like Stone Pony Wonder Bar are great because they're just you know institutions yeah but uh we just played the Asbury Lanes. I'm surprised I've never been there. What's no, it's there? like it's very new. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was did, a great experience. Did yeah. you get? Did you ever get to perform at Maxwell's when I was around back in the day? Oh, is that the one in Hoboken? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. No shit. once, but only like for four people. Man, the ceiling was yeah. oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely that type of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were like all my friends. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. dope. Um, I know this borders on being quite a nerdy thing to talk about, but me personally, because I'm such a visual person, I really love the art direction of the album, particularly the imagery you've been that's been made that you've been sharing. And I'd love to hear about how that came together, like the photography and like the packaging, because I think there's an interesting story to be had there. Yeah, well, so Erica Snyder, who's one of my closest friends, you know, is the photographer I work most close, like that I work very closely with, and. Uh, she and I just felt like she. Uh, what a lot of what she does is landscapes of, of uh, Jersey and you know, diners and and uh, like gas stations and whatever and and the desolation of it, you know, and so it just felt like a perfect match, really, yeah. and just put, like dumping me in, you know, that backdrop. Yeah. yeah. What what I find really intriguing about that approach is that, I feel like what's amazing about places that people are from is that there's always a disconnect between how you see it and how other people see it yeah. and usually it's very difficult to see the beauty within where you're from yeah but it's kind of cool that you're able to see that within her photography like. yeah of course i mean like i just am a massive fan of what she does so yeah. it wasn't a and we're so close so i mean she used to live with my family and stuff so oh, no yeah, yeah yeah so we're like that uh like brother sister kind of thing so it just was so natural. And then in terms of the graphic design, that was my friend Tim, yeah. uh, who's also a Jersey guy. And That's we've dope, done man. a lot of stuff. I used to throw this uh, concert series in Jersey that he did the posters for and whatnot. So oh. it was all like buddy. buddy it's like just like one big family. Yeah. Yeah. In regards to the album cover, was that a planned shot or was that almost like a shot that just kind of happened? And you're like, whoa, this kind of speaks to what I want to do. We had sort of like sat there. We didn't like have that image in our head, but like we were like, here's a high school. It's perfect. And let's <laughs> just 
sit on this curb and do it. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. And uh, before I let you go, we touched on how you've shared so much of yourself and your life on this album, more than you've ever had before. And um, I read how proud you were towards uh, We Ain't Ready, and I'd love to hear you go into what makes you feel so proud about that track, because me, personally, as a music fan, that does feel like a very different type of song for you, and a very different, like, next step forward. And Yeah, I, I mean, that was uh, just a very sort of difficult moment in my life, you know, and felt like it needed to be talked about and uh, something that had happened to a lot of my friends and around uh, town, you know, and young Jersey kids who don't know what they're going to do. And, uh, yeah, it just felt like something extreme honesty. Yeah. Yeah. And is that one of those tracks where it's like, I mean, I imagine that's one of those tracks that when you finish, you almost find yourself, like, amazed that you're even able to get to the finish line somewhere. Yeah, I felt it was like I kind of had to. Yeah. yeah, well, dude, thanks for chatting, man. Yeah, we're glad we're able to link up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, of man. course. Appreciate it.